Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. We are not a spoiler-free podcast to make sure you've seen the movie or movies we're talking about before you listen. I'm one of your hosts, Rai. And I'm your other host, Chris. And Ryan, Ryan, my love, wait, wait until the (laughs) noise stops. Wait until the noise stops and you have 30 seconds. Oh, was it 32 seconds 32 to run, seconds. run, run to the sea, run and never look back. You'll be safe there. <laughs> we are, okay, that, I don't know if that was an indication to anybody, but we're talking about a Shutter original, Virus 32. It is a 90 minute, not rated, 2022 uh, Spanish horror movie from Uruguay. Uruguay or Uruguay? I, I say Uruguay, but okay. I'm I I'm uncultured, and so am I. So, so I feel like I, if we're if we're pronouncing it wrong, you know, we're sorry. Don't please don't hate me. Don't add us. It it takes place in the in the capital of Montevideo. Montevideo, is that right? Yeah, Montevideo. Okay, um, which is the capital city, and. Yeah, Chris, would you like to hit us up with a synopsis before we yes, dive please. in? Yes, <laughs> please. Um, oh, and also, this is a Shudder original, and uh, we are not sponsored by Shudder, but it's a great movie, and it's a great service. Shudder, sponsor us. Please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the synopsis, the official synopsis from Shudder.com. Quote, a virus breaks out, and a chilling massacre rages through the streets of Montevideo. The sick become hunters and only calm their fever by unscrupulously killing all those not yet infected. Unaware of this, Iris and her daughter spend the day in the sports club where Iris works as a security guard. When the night comes, a fight without mercy is about to begin. Their only hope of salvation arrives when they discover that after each attack, the infected seem to have 32 seconds of peace before charging again. Da, 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 da. Um, and then the the main cast you have, uh, Paula Silva, um, Daniel Handler, Pilar Garcia, and Franco Rila. Rila, yeah, Franco Rila. Chris actually picked this. We wanted to cover something that was on Shutter, and when we had initially added this to the lineup, it was brand new. So it's not like as new as it was when we added this to the lineup, but it. Doesn't make me regret our choices at all. I loved this movie. I texted Chris while I was watching it this morning and I was very pleasantly surprised by how unique and entertaining this was. But also I I said to Chris, there is something about foreign zombie horror movies that they just nail and get right in terms of having heartfelt and almost like relatable drama intertwined with this really horrific plot that the U.S. just can't seem to get right without it coming off as cheesy or unnecessary. 
And I think that that's what adds to the genre and what makes it stronger. Like, Train to Busan had gut-wrenching moments. And I think it made it, it made it better. And this has that too. And it just, it makes, it takes it to a different level. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Like, I, I can't really say, okay, well, I guess the biggest U.S. released and produced zombie movies that came out recently, uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, which is terrible. This is coming from me, who loves, 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 loves all the Resident Evil... Bad movies? Uh, bad movies, and loves Paul <laughs> Anderson Resident Evil movies. Like, they're they're my trash, but they're really enjoyable trash, I feel, objectively. But, like, Welcome to Raccoon City, which is awful. I watched it on the plane to my London trip, and those were, like, two hours. I can't get back. It was that bad. And then before that, uh, I would say Army of the Dead by Zack Snyder, which um, it's like a very different take. It's not, I mean, there is human drama, but it's not about the human drama. It's about a heist. It's about action. It's about, it's, it's trying to be a big summer blockbuster film and not necessarily uh, a heartfelt drama like like virus 32 is or trained to Poisson is i think one of the few like american zombie movies that have sort of a heartfelt component and y'all can correct me if i'm wrong is cargo that started out as a short film that they turned into like a feature-length film with martin freeman and mm-hmm. that's because there's a baby involved <laughs> yeah, but, yeah yeah and it, the sh- i remember seeing the short the short like did things to me, but I don't, I think, I don't remember truly, like, like, even when I watched World War Z, I don't remember, like, giving a shit. I remember, like, being, like, entertained. Uh, I don't get me started on World War Z. Oh, my God. I read the book. The book I genuinely loved and cared about. I think if... The movie, it is trash. It is such... They just butchered the book so much. I, I hate it. I think it would have done better it if so it was, much. like, a TV series. That way you could have, like, taken it apart bit by bit and really done it justice. Because I like that it was a journalistic account of everything. And I thought that that was different and better than something i hadn't seen before it's max brooks taking the zombie phenomena and like the doing doing like a unofficial uh post-action report and it's also it's like it's like criticizing and critiquing government bureaucracy and corruption and you know society human behavior and like it has a lot to say about the human element uh the movie did not (laughs) in the movie just uh I just think that the last time I gave a shit was 28 Days Later. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, 20 Days Later, uh, which is a huge influence on this particular film, like, along with, like, yeah, a lot, like, uh, we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit, but, like, you know, like, Leroy was saying, Virus 32 felt really fresh and new, like, in terms of, like, the way it's shot, the setting, the characters, uh, especially how their version of the affected work uh like they're highly intelligent um and they're not just like fast and rageful the way the 28 so what made 28 days later like so successful was that 
I feel like every time there's sort of a washing out of a particular uh, part of the horror genre, there's one movie that just sort of comes back in and like revitalizes it and makes it different and creates something fresh. And 28 Days Later did that for the zombie genre. We hadn't seen, everyone was very used to like Romero zombies, like slow moving, shuffling, moaning, the whole nine. Yeah. They made them fast. They called it a rage virus. They made them terrifying again. And that was different. And I think that Train to Busan also did something different with the zombie genre and like put it back on the map. But that's not an American movie. And I think that also says something. I don't think it's a secret that I like foreign horror more than I like American horror. Not that not that I like hate American horror. I just think that there are cultural nuances that they add and put into those movies that we don't necessarily like understand, but we can connect with. Yeah, American movies, you know, especially the last couple of zombie movies we've been getting, you know, like, you know, Army of the Dead, for example. It's not about the human drama. I mean, the human drama is... Is there, but it's such a small component to the overall... It's not even secondary. It's tertiary to the goal of the film. The goal of the film is to, like, have big guns, big action, get out a lot, like, make it like an action blockbuster. Um, and, and with Virus 32, it's, it's a... It's like a bottle episode. It's a very self-contained, isolated... Um, story. The entire story takes place in the place where she, where Iris works. Uh, this this sports club, which has like different layers and different types of environments. So like, there's like the gym and the the pool and the boiler room. So even though it's isolated, there's a lot of different set pieces that they cleverly um, arranged and organized, and it, it made for like. A seriously interesting and claustrophobic and 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 intense experience. It definitely raises your blood pressure and gives you a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, and that that's because of like like how big the place is because like there's like a lot of open windows and like over the course of the film you see more and more infected sneaking in and running around. Uh, there's a lot of like tight corridors and a lot of places for them to hide to pop up from. Um, and at the same time, like, it's small and claustrophobic. Um, it, it manages to pull off both of them at the same time. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about already about how this movie feels familiar in terms of, of, of like, being a lot like 20 Days Later. There's a bit of Dawn of the Dead, especially, or the, the Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Not just the zombies being fast, but th- there's like the subplot of an infected being pregnant and giving birth to a baby. And oh, well, is it is the baby infected or not? What I seriously, seriously loved. I don't know if it, it, it was purposeful or it's just I think it's just maybe something we've are trained to see. But this movie might possibly be the best video gamey movie but not a video game movie like so much of the plot structure and like the execution of the movie it felt like a zombie survival game in the best ways possible yes 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 like 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 first of all the, the camera the camera just like there's so many of these long tracking shots which and, and like uh, especially like third person over the shoulder shots where like we see 
the camera follow and pan around Iris, and it felt like watching like Resident Evil, Resident Evil Four or or the or the remakes of Resident Evil movie, uh, Resident Evil games, which has that similar POV. You have like these sort of side missions where like the ultimate goal is for Iris to get to her daughter, but she has to go through uh, like a, like she has to help Louise find his wife or they have she has to sneak through this one enclosed area where they're, they're like zombie NPCs or zombie bots just walking around and she has to stealth around and like do clearly a video gaming kind of stuff like like throw a ball and to see if uh, uh, a zombie will uh, be attracted by the noise and it's like I I love that and it's I don't even know that's purposeful or not or maybe they maybe it is maybe they play Dead Rising and <laughs> Like uh, The Last of Us or some other zombie video game or Resident Evil, but it just worked really well. I've never seen that done so well. It let alone in the actual zombie video game based movies like Resident Evil. You know, it it just like it just felt so right, um, and how they executed it. I how do I put this? I think that when something becomes a hit in a genre it becomes about how do we one-up it how do we get put in the same category as it how do we compare and i don't think this movie tried to be a train to busan but i think that in it not trying so hard it can definitely be compared because there are elements to it that I'll say it again that some American zombie movies and American horror movies like kind of lack. I, I think it's because first and foremost, this is a character-driven story, and you know that's why I think that the comparisons to Train to Busan are so apt because like the characters are like really fleshed out, and they you the movie does so well to make you care for so them. So it does leave off on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Whether or not they do a part two, I don't care. Which is odd for me. Normally I'm like, no, don't do a part two. But in all honesty, they could or they could not. I, I'm fine either way. I love that they don't give you all the answers in this. That it's very self-contained. And that it is only one woman's story of the same day. And we don't even start the movie with her. You start the movie on a totally different note. Oh, the grandpa. And like, yeah. Oh, that scene was so creepy. Yeah, for the the, uh, the elderly couple, the neighbors. I love that it was self-contained. I love that it was one woman's story, that it was very, like Chris said, like very character-driven. And I think that all of that is not a detriment. I think it's a benefit. I think sometimes some horror movies make choices to try and make it character-driven and it ends up being a detriment because, like World War Z... The fact that they made it all about Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt's journey through all of this, I think, was a huge detriment to the movie. And, and what was the, 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 with the source material, the source, or, or like the scope is so big, it's just not about one person. It's not about Brad Pitt. Exactly. That's why it didn't, that's why I don't think it did well. I mean, I, that's why I didn't like it. Forget that it, did, whether or not it did well, that's why I didn't like it because. Part of the appeal for me as a reader was that it wasn't about a single person. It bounced around. And I thought that that was very fresh and different and new. And I think had they tried a little bit harder to maintain that, it would have been a little bit more successful. 
A hundred percent, like you said, it should have been in like a Netflix series, vignettes, three, three seasons, first season, before the infection, during the infection, and like post-World post War Z, yeah. I mean, it was very clearly laid out in the book, and I think it was done in great detail in only the way you can sort of live through in a series where they have time to sort of break down everything that's happening. I I really hated the way that they carried everything out. But what World War Z did poorly, this movie did very, very well. And, and that's that's the thing about zombie stories. Like, oh, you see here a lot in a lot of modern stories, especially like, well, Walking Dead and uh, certain movies like this one or or Maggie. Uh, it's like the, yeah, the, but by the end of Walking Dead, don't they have answers to like how it started in the first place? Yes, sorta. I'm not. I'm not. I haven't read all of the graphic novel to uh, you know just full disclosure. But like it, uh, my experience has been more with the TV show. But um, the you know, what I'm trying to get at is like. The, those type of zombie stories are not necessarily about the zombies themselves or trans. Or it, it, the zombies are like are essentially like a set piece, and the true story is like the human relationships, the ensemble drama of like individual units, whether it be like a individual person or a small family or or a community, uh, and how they try to cope with this type of like this force of death. Uh, what does it mean? Uh, how do our lives change? How does relationships change? How does society matter, or or does society still matter? Or like, like, and it, it plays into a lot of like humanist questions. Uh, Virus Thirty Two is like a very very small insular uh, version of that, where it, it it's it's based on family, much like Train to Busan, uh, or even even like you know a, a, a strange callback like Shot of the Dead. It takes, like, the end of the world for people to, like, really realize what is important in life or what they took for granted. And and and, and for Iris, we see her in the, the quote-unquote, like, metaphorical desert where she's not a, she's not a good mom. Or she, she's, I, I, you know, I'll take that back. She's incapable of being a good mom because she's going through this severe grief and depression that we don't really find out until later in the movie where she we realize that she blames herself for letting her one-year-old child Nico die uh, or drown at the beach the story starts on the the birthday uh anniversary of Nico uh you see her she's a wreck she's uh, maybe she's an alcoholic um and there's like a tenuous relationship between her husband or her ex-husband, uh, and there's also strains and tensions between her daughter. But as you see throughout the film, you know it takes a literal zombie apocalypse to show Iris how much she loves and cares for her family, especially her daughter. You see her become this badass mama bear who's doing a anything and everything to protect her daughter and to like get her to safety. And I love that. It's awesome. Um, and uh, similarly, in Train to Busan, you see like a very estranged father who's always absent from her daughter's life. Her daughter feels isolated. Um, and then by the end, 
you know, the father makes the ultimate sacrifice play. Iris, Iris makes the ultimate sacrifice play too. But, you know, there's a quote-unquote happy ending. Like, Iris lives. Yeah, Iris lives and they get their ending on the sea. And then we find out that sea is not as safe as they thought. <laughs> Zombies don't drown. <laughs> Zombies are no longer dead by death by drowning. Yeah. It's not like a sim where you can take the, or well, early sims where you can take the ladder out of the pool and they just drown. Yeah. So for Virus 32, I said to Chris that um, I I thought it was really refreshing that they brought you back to sort of this rage-filled zombie, that they were fast, but they added an extra element to this. They made them smart. So smart. They made them like hunters, like they can track humans. And I'm not exaggerating when I say track. There is one zombie the that bald, literally the bald tracks. guy. Holy shit, dude. I'm con- was that her boss? Like I don't know who that was. And like I'm not bothered that I don't have an answer. David the boss, he was he he was chilling outside. No, David wasn't the boss. David was a buddy of hers. Martin was the boss that like left. Oh, it was that the boss? I think it was her boss. That makes sense because, like, because like he caught. It seemed like he knew the layout of the place, and he was looking at the cameras. Like, and he for was a long checking time. for her because yeah. remember she said earlier in the movie, if I don't go by management's office every two hours, they're gonna think I fell asleep. Oh shit! You know what? That makes a lot of sense. I think it was her boss. But yeah. Which makes that scarier. Like so, <laughs> the boss checks on you, and he's also infected. <laughs> Right. And like, so they made them rageful. They made them fast, but they also made, they also made them scary smart. Like they can track people through this. And that is horrifying. What Chris and I were sort of debating on is we don't understand like where the virus started. I think he said something about like the water supply. I thought, and maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought at the beginning, one of the things that she overheard on, like, the radio or the TV started with, like, a drug trial, but I don't remember. I could be, I could be completely incorrect. The radio report, it, it happened, it turns on in Meteor Res, so we don't exactly know, um, like, what... Uh, they, they mentioned stuff like, oh, there, there was, like, some scientific tests, and then there was, there was like, an outbreak. Um, and, and then we meet Louise, who provides some more exposition where uh, people started getting sick, including his wife, like, three or four days ago. And they have missed... His very pregnant Yes, very pregnant wife. Wi- or wife and, and the main identifying sign that he figured out were these weird red spots appearing on the hands but we don't ever really know like how it happened uh I, it could it be it could be like something in the water supply it could be something that's like transferred through fluids or or bites but i i don't necessarily well i don't th- i don't think iris actually get Iris doesn't get bitten. No, it's it's sort of like they have this rage compulsion to kill every living thing that doesn't have the virus, but does but killing them doesn't pass on the infection. It doesn't matter if they get scratched or bit or whatever. 
it's just like if you're in if you manage to get infected then that's it I, it doesn't seem like they can pass the virus on it's just like it's kind of like the movie contagion in that like whoever gets it gets it yeah 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 which is terrifying like we don't know how this spreads and but that makes it terrifying yeah oh. yeah and i think that that is again like what what separates this and what makes it different and i love that we can have this discussion that we don't have all the answers because I have to be honest with you at the end of this movie, I didn't want all the answers. I liked that. It felt very much like a bottle episode. I liked that it was concentrated in this one scenario around this one woman and her life and her experiences. And I think that it was done super, super fucking well. And it just built up. It's it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's a great example of, show don't tell or 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 even more than that it's like don't treat your audience like an idiot like you know your audience can figure it out yeah and you and i are really big fans of that we don't necessarily i know we've talked about this for some movies previously how and i hate to say it but i'm pretty sure they were american movies where they spell everything out for you in like meaningless exposition and it's like yeah we figured that out already you don't need the characters to explain that or or like or exposition that just feels clumsy it's like oh this like going back to the video game anecdote oh this this clearly is an npc or some ai character who's giving you the lowdown like and like blocks of tech it's like okay skip 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 okay okay whatever i just want to move on but it was very like louise it just felt very natural from what he uh said and like um and we don't really know we we don't really know like how uh accurate it is like maybe it's just coincidence that you know the sim like it, it it just plays up the mystery and at the end of the movie you're like oh my god like we don't really know anything about it uh but iris is very smart so she definitely figured out the 32 seconds thing which is not <sighs> 32 seconds is not a lot of time i so i haven't felt anxiety like that so there's this one moment where it's at the end of the movie and her and her daughter are going through this hallway full of fresh infected people and they're all just sort of standing there and it's before, like, the rage starts to build, before it takes over them and they have to have this compulsion to kill every, like, something that's alive. Which is her and her daughter that's passing through. Yeah, and one of the, th one of the infected grabs the daughter and, like, the, tick the, the timer is going up and you see them start to twitch and reactivate. Oh, so good. And I haven't had an anxiety-inducing moment watching a movie like that since Train to Busan. When they're in, when they're passing through the subway car and they decide to go and crawl into the storage above because they can't walk through because in the dark yes. and then the tunnel starts to come up and they're like, Oh shit. Oh shit. It's those moments that build all of that tension that I think also help that help make it even more terrifying. So put together the fact that this is specific character driven, specific to this one person and her experience the fact that this is being spread by something that they don't understand or know, they don't know the source. And then on top of that, you have a timer. And then on top of that, you have the kind of zombies that you have. These aren't slow shuffling things. These are rageful. They want to completely obliterate anything that's alive. They don't care. And they're smart. So combining all of those together makes for a really horrific horror movie. 
And I have to be honest with you, there are a couple of like bad reviews on Shudder for this movie and I don't fully understand why. I thought that this contained so many elements that made this movie so good and so successful and I don't know what their problem is. I saw somebody give it like four out of five skulls and write it was okay. Unless it was supposed to be read as sarcasm. But I just like that I don't understand. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess you gotta take some internet reviews with, you know, a grain of salt. This one has two. It says it's maybe worth a watch if you're bored. Not particularly scary and a pretty predictable ending. Oh, and that scene which clearly lasts longer than 32 seconds really irked me. Oh wait the the wait the the scene where like they're after going she, down the hallway. Oh, well, I mean where she puts the timer. She starts the time. So that's the other thing. She has a timer that she starts, which like whew, that really got my blood pressure up. If anybody was like connected to my Apple Watch while I was watching this movie, my heart rate spiked during that entire scene. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I, if you're really, if you're really like keeping track, yes, that that hallway scene was more than thirty two seconds. But like, this is this is we're talking real time, and we're talking movie time. Movie time, like you know, time dilation is is a thing. Um, you know, I felt the same way, not necessarily with the hallway scene, but the scene where uh, after Iris gets like totally curb stomped by the zombie and and like. Oh and, my and god! Like, I, I know they're Ugh. having a really emotional moment with her daughter, but it's like you're the like, kiddo, run! <laughs> you're spending so much time. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. I was like, "Bitch, fucking run!" But then I remember it was like a callback to earlier in the movie when she was like, "When I'm scared, I close my eyes." You told me to close my eyes and think of something, and I thought of the beach with Nico, which was her baby brother that died. And I like that that was a nice callback. But in that moment, I was like, "I get what you're doing. I don't want this callback right now. Run, <laughs> just, please, just run." run. <laughs> I know we 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 all we all love Nico. We we know this, but like, come on, run. This one I think is this one's my favorite review. This is actually the worst, most stupid zombie movie I have ever seen. One skull. And I'm sitting here saying to myself, I could think of so many more that are far worse than this. And it just like, it has one of those, I don't know why I think this, but part of me was like, did you not like it because it was in Spanish? Did, did you not like subtitles? Right. I... Like, are you one of those people? Is that why you didn't like it? Like, no... Like, no real shade to this person because I don't know who you are. And you obviously don't want to be named because your review is under, like, a bunch of letters. But, like, I just, like, I don't understand it. Now, this one... And please don't let the Shutter reviews, like, discourage you. I'm watch I'm seeing all these member reviews after I've seen it. And honestly, I'm happy I didn't look at them before. Don't let it pollute this great movie. It's awesome. They're all wrong. They're on they're objectively wrong. Epilepsy warning around 35 minutes. Good point. But oh my god, this movie was awesome. I love outbreak movies and this did not disappoint. The infected are unsettling for sure and the ending was fantastic. The characters are deep and the actors really lock it in. The mother-daughter actors were a great duo and made it a fantastic film. Would love a part two. Honestly, there's a spoiler in the reviews below that would have ruined the best part if I'd read it beforehand. Solid review. They gave it five out of five. And that is the kind of shit, honestly, that, that's, had I, had I scrolled it before and stopped at that review, I would have watched this anyway. I think that 
you know, sometimes you see actors on screen and you don't necessarily, what takes you out of some things is you don't necessarily buy the relationship that they're trying to give you on screen. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a foreign horror thing. I don't know. But sometimes with the relationships that they set up, you find them so authentic and believable and it really hurts. And I'm not a mom. I have a dog, but like, I am not, I'm not like a mom to like a human child, right? There is a scene, obviously, spoiler warning, there is a moment where the character Luis, and we're going to get to him because he was problematic. Like, like, like character wise or did you, or, or story wise? As like a, as like a villain. Yeah, no, he was like, he was like a villain almost. Uh, he, I, I, I would say he's a complex character. I realized that he had his own issues going on, but he, choices, choices were made. Well, well, he, he, he plays a trope. Of a of a of someone in the, the apocalypse who's clearly cracked under the strain, under the trauma of like a world coming around him, and he's sublimating in strange ways. He's not acting rationally or sensibly. Yeah, no yeah. shit. <laughs> and you see this a lot. You see this a lot in zombie movies. So I I actually was okay with Louise being that kind of guy i was i was no no no. i was fine don't give me don't don't misconstrue that i'm fine with him being that character but he was problematic because he was that character oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course right that's that's why he was problematic not for you know but there's this one scene where he tells her where to find her daughter and we're gonna go right into louise's thing because you're probably sitting here like wait what happened to her kid he tells her where to find her daughter and she goes down to the boiler room where her daughter is supposed to be and there's evidence that her daughter was down there. And then you see a burnt body in a furnace with a cast on. And her daughter has had a cast through the entirety of the film. And when I tell you that I teared up because I could f- not, again, I'm not a mom to a human child, but I know what pain is. And I know what grieving is. And when I tell you that I felt that in my heart and I was like crying with her. Because she's screaming in agony because she thinks she just lost her daughter. Just like this death howl. To the point where all the other zombies are like aware that she that she's there. And I felt that in my bones. It was gut-wrenching. And they have a moment like that in Train to Busan too. But again, I think it's just the way that the movie framed all of this and set this up. I really truly believe that without the right actors and if an American movie tried to do this, it would not work because I don't know if they, there's something that raises inauthentic when I watch an American movie that like tries to set up that stuff. I don't know what it is. I just don't find it believable or realistic, but this felt so real and because of her acting and because of everything that they had sort of led up to this, like she had conversations with her daughter over the fact that the day that she took her to work was their one-year-old son's birthday. And she was sort of like mourning the fact that she was like, do you remember him? Do you this, do you that? And the mom is brushing it off. Yeah, she was deflecting. It's like, oh, I forgot it was my birthday, even though she has a tattoo on her wrist. We saw her looking at the family photo before she started her day. Like she's very aware of everything and struggling watching her struggle with all of that and like having this relationship with her daughter that goes from this kind of like buddy relationship to mommy's here over the span of the movie there is something so amazing about that that i find sometimes is just lacking in american horror movies 
going back to that scene in the boiler room, like I was, I that was like haunting. I was like, and I was like on the edge of my seat, like holy shit, did they? That's that's exactly what I thought. Did they actually do it? No, they, they, I was like. No, no, no. Because at this point, she's lost her one-year-old son. She's lost her husband, which I don't think was an ex because they did kiss each other. Um, And and then I was like, they lost her daughter. They just had marital problems. Well, obviously they have marital problems. I don't, we don't really fully understand their story and I'm okay with it. See, that's the other thing. An American movie would have gone more into the marital issues and what got them to that point than how they get through the zombie issue, the zombie apocalypse issue that they're dealing with. And I think that is the major difference. They didn't harp on that. They harped on the situation in the moment. I think that's really what it is. Again, like this movie feels grounded and it feels present. Thank you. That is the word. It grounded, grounded. That is the right, that's the word. Yes. And yes. then, so I thought I thought they were like, holy shit, this movie's so brave. Did they actually do it? And I was like, no way. Okay. So and then, like, I mean, they did kill a kid, but it wasn't her kid. Yeah, they did, yeah, exactly. And you don't get to see it, which is a whole other thing. When I really thought they were gonna go for the infanticide, they don't. I repeat, they do not, but there is some animal killing. But I thought they were gonna go with the infanticide and I was really gonna I was gonna Chris, had they done it, I would have paused the movie and needed to take a breath because that's too much for that's where I draw the line. I was so ready for the baby's head to like just pop like a balloon. Like I was like Aah. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh no, 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 no. I was not ready. Not ready. You know, and and after that where she's like about to like shoot herself and then and then they 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 they, they planted a seed so early on and it's and it's like it's like it's what's uh Chekhov Chekhov's gun uh and and like it was like when she notices the trail of red lights of her daughter trying to access the thumbprint and it like locking her out and it's like oh she's she's alive oh it's like oh it's so good that was just it was such a small like so quick to to miss but they clearly put it there and that right in the beginning and it pays off where uh the daughter oh and then she does she does the knock she does the knock and and, and then they reunite it's like oh my god yes you you lay those breadcrumbs and you you paid it off it was beautiful i loved it it was it was so well done and i can't say enough good things about this now again like i'm sure somebody else could find flaws in it like it was predictable it was this it was that i don't i didn't honestly i didn't even care because like chris said this movie was so grounded that it didn't even bother me that there were parts of it that were predictable but there were parts of it that weren't the movie like really teases or edges you towards like holy shit the baby's gonna die iris is dead or or the daughter the daughter's dead tata tata's dead the daughter's dead iris is dead truly thought iris was a goner i was like kid the silence is here why aren't you running like they really push the envelope and i'm not mad at it i was kind of i was ready to be real horrified but they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. I legit thought Iris was dead. And then I was like, because I, I, I thought this movie, this movie really pushed the envelope. Like they're just like, just like, oh, this baby, this baby's going to, oh, okay. No, not yet. Oh, Tata, she's going to, she dead. Oh, wait, no. But Iris, oh, like just go. I, I thought this movie was brave enough to actually go through it. But like, it did it, but I, I wasn't mad because I was very. I, I think it, it it it's 
it it came full circle. Like I thought it was like a very touching scene at the end or a touching conclusion to the narrative arc where like Tata and Iris are and, and, and the the new baby like like the, the new baby uh uh Nico 2.0 Nico 2.0 I think they wanted to name him Raul So Luis wanted to name it Raul but I'm pretty sure I was like <laughs> so in the back of my brain I was like I know your child is dead but you know that there is some asshole running around here with a baby I I immediately predicted I was like this girl is going to end up with this baby and call yeah, him it's Nico. Yeah, it's Nico. And, Nico the second. And raise the kid as her own. And that, I mean, that's exactly what ends up happening. Like, she's going to raise that child as Nico. Yeah, it's like a new lease on life, per se. But not really, because we pan out and, like, they're heading... The world is crumbling. The world is crumbling. Like, like, you're you're like, you're like, oh, they, they did it. They made it. Like, they come out of the sewers... And then they could see a boat. They could see the the marina in the in the distance. And then it pans out to the rest of the city, where like a bunch of boats are on fire, and you just see a giant plume of smoke in the horizon. It's like, oh, it's like this infection's much bigger than we thought. Did you? How did you feel about Luis when you first saw him? Because when I, we were first introduced to him on screen, I was like, I don't trust this motherfucker for like one second. I was like, something about this is far too shady. Don't like this guy. Yeah, he was definitely shady. He he was definitely like the anti-hero. Anti-hero? I mean, I know he saved her life, but that's because he needed her. Yeah, okay. Well, he was definitely a shady character. And he, I was uh, 100% ready for him to like backstab her at like multiple moments. Uh, especially like the fact that, uh, you know, he was choking her out or he was acting so crazy. Uh, like just wheelchairing, just wheelchair, wheelchairing Mimi, who's this infected lady. Um, I, I, I did think he, Louise redeemed himself. Well, I, I, I felt pity for him at the end. I don't think he did. He didn't do the sacrifice play. He kind of just let Iris go off and to her own devices. He was like, she's in the, she's in the boiler room. He ba- well because he didn't trust he didn't trust her around his baby. And I sort of understood why um apart from what he had heard about what happened with Iris's son. There was a moment when they were in the pool. And not the pool that was full, the other one that was empty. When they were in that area with the pool, he was down cuz he had like gotten knocked out, I guess. And there was a zombie that had come up to his wife, who's already fully zombified and in labor. And the zombie could smell. I was like, there is a whole distinct possibility we're going to have another, uh, I think it's, what is it, Day of the Dead? Or, I, don't, I can't remember. Where the, the zombie is, where the baby is born, uh, um, a zombie baby. Oh, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Um, I was like, there is a whole chance we're going to have this situation again. And we didn't. And the reason how they sort of like let the audience know, again, showing, not telling, was the zombie sniffed her belly. Oh, she had a knife. She had a knife and she pressed the knife up against the pregnant belly. And I really thought, and for a minute there, Iris really truly looked like she was just going to let it happen. All her problems were just going to be done. And then Luis gets up from and like knocks the guy out because she screams. But she's a good person, damn it. She, oh, right. She screams to get the zombie's attention. Yeah. And then, it, and then Luis comes out with like a crowbar and like knocks the other zombie out. 
about. He must have been awake for part of that to see what was happening, to see the hesitation in her. Like, I won't have to help him if I just let this happen. But also, I don't know where my kid is. Also, just in general, you're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Shock and inability to do anything or inability to react is a pretty natural reaction, I think, so... Of course, yeah, 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 of course, of course. So I really, Luis was shady from the beginning. Did not trust this motherfucker. His wife, Mimi, was in labor. They were in the, she had gotten sick like three days before, like the rash formed on her hands and he thought it was an allergy. And he says that they were in the ambulance that I think was like outside that like crashed when they were on, they were on their way to her giving birth and they crashed and he found like solace inside wherever she works the sports club the sports club yeah before knowing that when he saved her and he was like come with me come with me da, 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 i was like this was way too easy that he found some that she found like some live person just chilling in a pool under the water uh, and, and someone who has a lot more information then I mean I, I think Iris is a very smart person like and she had the resources she had a camera and she was just like watching and, and putting two and two together and like I th- she's incredibly competent and resourceful um but Louise seemed it, it did seem suspicious like how do you know so much are you a scientist who like you say you're like an agree you're 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 a husband in distress but like were you responsible for the outbreak happening? How do you know all this shit? But like, like in the end, I mean, he's still shady. He, he he still did a lot of shady things, like 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 kidnapped the daughter, you know, using her as a bargaining chip. But I mean, he's a desperate guy. Uh, that doesn't excuse him, but I can see where he's coming from. In the end, though, I did pity him. Uh, you know, the fact that he died. Um, but you know, I am ultimately glad that Raul's in better hands. But, I mean, whether or not you think that the ending is optimistic, that's another thing. I think the ending was optimistic for the party involved. As far as a realistic, optimistic ending, no. Yeah, in terms of, like, global society, it's fucked. (laughs) Oh, yeah, everything's fucked. We're all done. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. (laughs) This movie was great. I loved it. This was all your fault. You picked this. This was all you. I didn't. I was like, zombie film. Cool. Let's go. Well, yeah, because you really like the Wreck movies, right? The Wreck movies are awesome. We have to do that. Of course. It's on the, it's, it's down the pipeline. Yeah, I know. I know. But the audience doesn't know that. But now they're That's excited true. about now it. Now they do. I've seen the original and then I've seen the American remake. Yeah, I've, I've seen Wreck and I've seen Quarantine. I think there's a Wreck 2 and a 3. There's, I think there's movies i've only seen the original wreck i haven't seen the entire series so i haven't either yeah that's okay we so have we have a lot we'll to do, look we'll do to. the we'll do the whole wreck series um but i've definitely seen the first one and i've seen quarantine i mean the poster is sort of unforgettable and they very much mirror each other especially with ending shots so spanish horror chef kiss you guys are great so do you have any final thoughts about Virus 32? I really like this movie. Whether it's, whether you find it predictable or not, I mean, whatever. I There were parts of it that I also found predictable. But I think that it does something different. I think that it does something unique. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I'd, I'd absolutely watch this again. I think that it 
stands on its own in the genre. And I think it is definitely comparable to other predecessors of the genre. I would love to see something like this that's, you know, US based, because I think that it's ambitious for the US to try to do something like that. Because I think that when the US, I've said this, I said this already, I think that it sort of like lacks the complexities of like genuine human interaction and genuine humanness when Americans try to incorporate a grounded story like this into a bigger plot device like zombies or whatever it is. I think something definitely falls short. So I would love to see a zombie movie that can match the energy of this or Train to Busan like, and like sort of compete on the same level. I don't think it's possible. I think, I think, I mean, th- there's, I think there's a lot to explore out there. For example, you know, as we're, or as I'm looking for other zombie films that have come out this year or will come out in 2022. Like I haven't actually watched it yet, but you know, all of us are dead. That's a, a Korean series i think it's, i believe it's based on a webtoon right korean not american i'm sure it's great yeah yeah i'm sure it's great um uh that's something to look forward to not because i think that americans should remake any of this no no i want an original idea that is an american-based horror movie that can rival what foreign horror is already doing so successfully and so well I don't know why they get it and we don't. Or I, I think it's just because of like different cultural sensibilities. Like, you know, Army of the Dead. Yeah, maybe we just, maybe we just live in the wrong fucking country. <laughs> maybe. Or Army of the Dead. Or just a, lot, a lot of American zombie movies, at least the ones that are, that are coming out. I mean, you know, well, 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 Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. I mean, I, it is a ba- it is a video game series bought by a Japanese company, but it's filtered through this lens. Like, Welcome to Raccoon City is bad. And it, it, I think it, it fails to see what makes the, the, the video game, the original source material, great. Um, but they also try to pull from it, but they also do it in a la- really lazy fashion or really sloppy fashion. Don't get me started. So is Welcome to Raccoon City your Scream 6? Uh, I, I was legitimately really, really looking forward to this movie because it's the way the way the marketing campaign was. It it seemed to market itself as much more faithful to the video games. Obviously, the Paul W S Anderson movies like took a lot of creative liberties and they created their own mythos. But I thought there's a lot more faithful thing, faithful adaptation, and it takes place in the same city and it has the same characters with the same names. But uh, a lot of it was bad. Um, and then you have Army of the Dead, clearly a blockbuster. We're having a prequel. Army of Thieves, don't really know why we needed one, but it's happening. And I can't, I mean, like, I guess like p- before that, you had Zombieland, Double, ta- double Tap. Ooh, I didn't actually see Double Tap, but I saw the first one. The first one was epic. The first one was awesome. I, I haven't seen Double Tap either, so maybe we should revisit that. Yeah, we totally could do Zombieland. Yeah, because like, I think it's zombie comedy wrapped up in like a, well, at least the first movie is, is it's a story of, uh, self-actualization and growing up and and wrapped up in or finding 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 family uh, even 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 if your family is not by blood or is, is dysfunctional you know 
I thought the original Zombieland was great. I don't know if Zombieland 10 years later has aged poorly or aged well or it's just like a different spin but we should check it out but uh i don't know i i, I really can't say there's been a lot of uh newer u.s zombie movies i'm just still scrolling to less a lot of these are foreign i mean before that we did an episode about it i believe like overlord from 2018 holy shit i loved overlord so much oh my god that's 2018 already yeah and then before that you had anna and the apocalypse a zombie musical which i quite enjoyed but uh, it doesn't seem that much has come out from the u.s uh, in the past couple years but that's okay we have foreign horror we have so many uh, so many other things to to digest and stuff yeah i just think that there is so much out there that's not rooted here that you can, that add to the genre, that don't take away from it, that you can sort of appreciate. So that's where I'm at. But all in all, I would give this, I would give this um, um, five out of five viruses. Because we don't know how it spreads. There's no real metric for this. Like, I know, oh, one thing. Hold on. One thing. One thing. Oh, no. I do still give it. I'm not changing my rating. Five out of five. However, I think it's, hilarious that the character that they chose to concentrate on for this movie what is the one thing that you want in a zombie apocalypse like if one weapon that makes sure that they don't get too close to you that you can kill them from far away as long as you aim for the head what's the one weapon that you want in a zombie apocalypse a A gun. gun what don't they trust this character with a fucking gun so what does she not have this entire movie a fucking gun which just like like, at first, I was like, oh, good God, she doesn't have a gun. She's going to go through this movie. She's going to throw tennis. She threw tennis balls. She did. But even without all of that, they still made it work. And they still made it really good. No, I mean, I, again, it's it really feels like a survival horror video game where, like, she has nothing for, like, most of the game or most of the movie. The, the one gun she d- does find, it has, it's out of bullets. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you don't need guns or weapons you need smarts you need savvy and you know iris had that in spades hell yeah for me this movie such a delight a very pleasant surprise it has a lot that's new to offer uh but also has a lot of cool callbacks to uh great movies like 20 days later dawn of the dead like this is one scene i i i I, my brain's a little bit fuzzy but i believe she's running around alone and like the it becomes like a very moody shot where like all like like the power is out and like there's like emergency lighting and everything's highlighted in red and like there's like this intense orchestra score happening in the background which sounds it has to be an homage to that classic software 28 days later yeah um oh my god you know what i'm I talking do. about i, I think that, you're right but, uh what was that name of that song um oh in the house in a heartbeat like yes yes it sounded so much like oh it's like oh what a callback like they're doing this on purpose as like uh, you know that was awesome so um i this movie's great i like i say i don't or uh i wouldn't be upset if there if there was a sequel i i think it would be a, a cool opportunity to uh, tease out the scope of the story a bit. Uh, maybe, maybe it takes place like 
sometime after the apocalypse uh, where like the infection's way worse. Maybe it's in a bigger city. Maybe it's like a much bigger scope. Or I would be equally as pleased and, and giddy if the movie is a parallel movie. It's like it takes place at the same time as Iris' story. It's just focusing on a different character. Maybe it's like her roommate. Maybe it's... Oh, uh, yeah, because she was meeting yeah. a guy that night. Or, or maybe it's the story of maybe a family member that's connected to the family that we see in the beginning. Like, uh, the beginning of the story, you see, like, an old, uh, old lady. The elderly couple yeah. with that fucking yeah. canary. Also, so I will say this. There is a lot of um, animal killing yes. in this movie. Oh, the cat. If the cat. Are, I just remembered about the cat. The cat and the canary. If you are very sensitive to that. Content warning. Content warning for that. Um, you sort of know it's coming, so you can skip ahead. They give you ample, like, framing of, like, this is going to happen. You're blowing my mind. There, There is so much animal death. There's, like, the canary. There's, there's the cat. Lot. There's, like, the, yeah. the pack of rats. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> PETA, they watch out. There. What? what uh, don't, don't. Fuck PETA. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, wow, that's I, yeah, it, yeah. They fucking went there with this. They went I there. It. I mean, this movie dares to be bold, I'm not mad. which uh, which I give it credit. It does, for. and I and yeah, and I think it's it's only yeah. You said it the best. So I would give it. I would give it thirty two out of thirty two seconds. That's my rating. <laughs> On that note, thank you for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Our amazing new cover art is by Liz Van Hootie. I realize that Apple Podcasts has also not updated our cover art. I am in contact with them. Curse you, Apple! Ever, it's updated literally everywhere else except Apple. I promise I'm working on it. Um, I, I'm not crazy if you're like listening through Apple Podcasts and you're like, what the fuck? What new cover art? It's there, I swear. Um, it just hasn't come through with Apple yet. I'm working on it. Don't worry. Uh, our intro and outro music is from Pandemic Sound. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every other Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. You can find us on Facebook. You can check us out on our website at leffordread.com. And finally, 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 check out our merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in our bio and will be in the show notes. So... Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay dreadful! Oh, oh!